Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Hello. Get my microphone sorted out. Sorry. That was wonderful. Thank you so much, Pastor Daniel. Praise the Lord. Are you happy? Hey, look, do me a favor. If you came to Christ in uh, between the ages of four and 14, would you raise your hand really, really high? Really high. If you came to Christ between the ages of four and 14. Now look around, everybody, look around. If you gave your life to Christ, everyone look around. See this? This is typical of what they call the 414 window. That is, they estimate 80% of people who are believers, are Christians, came to Christ in the 414 window, between the ages of four and 14. So I just really wanna echo uh, what Sarah shared today um, about the value of sowing into our young ones in Sunday school. And uh, so that's, that's so powerful. And, and we're so excited about the prospect of what God will do in making room for us. Hallelujah. And uh, so this is the beginning. Do you remember David Wagner prophesied that September 1st, we'd be putting a shovel in the ground for a new building? Who remembers that? Today's September 1st. Today is September 1st. And we're putting a shovel in the ground today. Hallelujah. And saying, today's the day. We're making the move toward finding a new space. Hallelujah. So God is so good. We're gonna do, I just wanna pray a blessing now over everyone that's given. Father, I thank you for your great grace. Father, thank you that you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you that the world of the generous grows larger and larger. Father, I thank you that the generous man will prosper. So we speak the blessing and the prosperity of God over your people. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said, amen. amen. Well, hallelujah. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Yes, you are, Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. I see a few people shivering, so maybe we might turn off the front uh, air conditioners. Yes, they're saying yes, please. So could we do that? Praise the Lord. I've got to move this microphone up higher. This one? Yes, no. Come and talk to me, Nate. <laughs> Beg your pardon? My top button, there we go. I'm gonna fix this. Praise the Lord. I don't wanna offend anyone on TV. Praise God. You take good care of me, Nathaniel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, uh, we have just come back this week. Uh, Tom and I have actually been overseas I can't talk too much publicly about what we were doing, unfortunately, uh, just to protect people, but we've been meeting with 
government leaders and um, leaders, leaders in their nations from uh, 27 different nations. Um, some nations of which uh, they, they can't sing out loud together for fear of being caught uh, because it's illegal to meet together uh, as believers and have church. Some nations, oh, there was one nation, a leader I was speaking to from one nation where they've actually, and, and this was 75% of them were actually um, not fivefold church leaders, but, but government leaders and, and influences, significant influences in their nation being equipped to share the gospel. Uh, one of those nations uh, has only had a complete Bible in their language for two years. And, um, and has 0.01% Christian. So every time I stand up here in our beautiful home, I, I remember I'm aware of the privilege that we have of the Word of God, of the privilege that we have to be able to sing out loud, gather freely, even telecast, what we're doing without fear, without shame. I want us never to take that for granted, but to say thank you, Father, for your goodness. So um, today, if we can, I just want to thank God for his mercy, and I want to thank him for what he's done. In January, we're going to celebrate our 10-year anniversary as a church. Hallelujah. But let's just take a moment, if you would, let's give thanks to him for the privilege of being able to gather freely together and give him worship. Father, we say thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege of being able to gather freely together to worship you, to give you honor and praise and glory in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Lord, to preach the word, to gather freely together, God. And we pray, Lord, for those countries around the world that are unable, Lord, to freely proclaim the gospel. Lord, we ask for your help, that you would strengthen each one and that you would advance your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. amen. Well, happy Father's Day, everybody. Praise the Lord. Uh, could we have all our fathers stand up wherever you are, all across the room? If you are a father today, would you stand up? Look at these beautiful ones. Yeah, praise the Lord. Stay, stay standing, stay standing for a minute. We, we want to honor you today. And I'd love if you would, if you're next to or around these people, if you could reach out a hand to them. We're just going to speak the blessing and the encouragement and the, uh, the, the love of God for them today. Father, thank you. God, we bless these fathers. Father, thank you for wisdom, grace, strength, encouragement. Father, I ask that you minister to their hearts. Father, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them, Lord, uh, such grace. Father, I'm asking for supernatural wisdom to lead their homes, supernatural wisdom to love their children and their wives. Father, I'm asking for supernatural grace, whatever their situation or their circumstance, I speak grace, grace. 
I speak grace, grace. I thank you for the grace, Lord, to provide. I thank you for the grace, Lord. I'm speaking blessing over them. Come on, pray with me. I speak blessing. I speak financial blessing. I speak spiritual blessing. I speak relational blessing. I speak physical blessing. We bless them, God. We bless our fathers in the house. We bless them, Father. Thank you for the blessing of God. We honor them. And Lord, I thank you for wisdom, grace, strength, help today. Those that are alone, those that are away from their children today, God, I speak blessing upon them. I thank you for wisdom. Father, I thank you for help. Lord, I thank you for supernatural grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your help. You are faithful, Father. You are good, and we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to you all. I've just come back from um, Tasmania, actually, and I was there with Will Hart for a big gathering in Devonport. I've just mucked this up, sorry, guys. Um, a big gathering in Devonport called Tazia Blaze in response to a prophetic word that was given at Awakening Australia. And um, just gathering them together in unity to see the Holy Spirit move and to set, uh, start um, working together for whether, where there's unity, the Lord commands a blessing. Hallelujah. And it was so beautiful to watch and see churches and leaders coming together from, from across the body of Christ. And um, the very first miracle we saw was a totally deaf ear pop open, hallelujah, for the glory of God. And then many, many, many healings, very many miracles. Will Hart had actually had a great uh, prophetic word for our church, which I'll share with you uh, some other time. But, uh, you know, God has been so faithful and we are living in a time where God is moving in our nation, amen? Hallelujah. Well, I wanna share with you today just... Um, just a brief message, because I know we've had a special day today with the heart for the house, and then we want to pray for each other. But I've been sharing recently about um, what's known as the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You know, you might think, well, what's that all gobbledygook? <laughs> but it was back in the 1500s when the, the Scottish church and the English church were trying to figure out a way to work together. And so they, they asked the question, what is the chief end of man? What is the purpose, the meaning of life, in other words? And they distilled the scriptures, theologians got together. I mean, we've got, we're talking about Presbyterians and Anglicans together, they have theological differences. Um, distilling the scripture down to the bare bones of what is the meaning of life? And they came up with this statement based on all of the dis distillation of all the scriptures as they came together. And they declared the chief end of man, according to the word of God, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I've been thinking so much about this statement and what it means and looks like in application. What does that mean for me today? What does that mean for you today? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. If that's the meaning of life, the meaning, what does it look like? So I've been intentionally 
thinking about this when I wake up and thinking, okay, Lord, how today can I glorify you? If this is the meaning of life, today my job is to glorify you and enjoy you forever. So I want to glorify you with my life today, Lord. Be glorified. Hallowed be your name. I start and I'm, I work my way through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, in my life, let your name be lifted up. Today, what can I do to glorify you? Well, you know, one of the first things we can do is start with simply following his direction. It's obedience. And by looking at the word of God, which is a lamp to our feet, it actually shows us how to walk, how to, where to go. Today, I can glorify God by doing what he says. And what he says to do is for our good, hallelujah. And the word of God is full of instruction that isn't legalistic rules designed to suck the joy out of your life, but is actually the entryway into life and life more abundant, what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. To be a people who are known by their love for one another. Not known for our opinions about one another. It can be very easy to have opinions. I, you know, the, the older I get, the more aware I've become that I'm extremely opinionated. <laughs> and probably a little bit arrogant. And I've had to start to learn to humble myself a bit and go, hey, you know what? I don't need to have all these opinions. I need to have those that are actually a little bit older are all nodding. <laughs> because you do, you learn. I think you start to wake up and come out of egocentricity a little bit. And you start to realize, yeah, all these opinions are actually not a godly way to live. True godliness is defined for us throughout Scripture as we begin to look at it. And to glorify God is to live in a way that gives Him glory. To let our actions and our speech, our thoughts, line up with the instructions on the way of life, how to live. Colossians chapter 3 is, a, is just one example of some help that the Lord gives us to be able to walk and be known as Christians. And I've been singing that song ever since Awakening. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And I think, oh God, yes, help us. But in order to be known as by his love, we have to really explore of what does love look like. Let's start here in Colossians 3. Therefore, as the elect of God, verse 12, holy and beloved. And I it says, holy and dearly loved. Do you believe you're holy and dearly loved? I'll just ask one more time. Do you, do you believe that you're holy? You are. Why? 
not because you've earned it as a merit badge, but because by the grace of God, as we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He gives us his righteousness. He makes us holy. Without holiness, no one can see God. Light has no fellowship with darkness. We cannot be in fellowship with God and have any form of darkness in us. So by his grace, he gives us his holiness. He gives us his righteousness. We, he makes us holy. That's why he calls us saints. Hooray. That's happier than you're reacting. Yay. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy. Are you? Yes. And dearly loved. Because that's who you are, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'll read it here in the New King James. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with each other and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. How does Christ forgive you? Have a little think about it. When you go, oh God, that was terrible, sorry. Does he go, we're gonna have to just have a probation period here. Does he do that? How does he forgive us? He forgives us unconditionally. And he says, I will remember them no more. Your sins I will recall no more. It also talks about this in the description of love in Corinthians. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It's who God is. And then he tells us, forgive as the Lord forgives you. So how does he forgive you? He keeps no record of wrong. So, to be known we are Christians by our love, by our love. We're going to have to burn the records. <laughs> Actually burn the records in our brains. <laughs> to start deliberately, intentionally deciding, I am not going to nurse a hurt. I'm not going to nurse an offense. And I'm not going to talk to people so that I can process my pain about what the other person has done after I've already forgiven them. Really, God's calling us into maturity. We aren't called to behave like infants. He wants us to walk as mature sons and daughters who forgive as the Lord forgave us. Amen, that's awesome, Catherine. Yes, so true, thank you, Jesus, yes. Hooray. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So you must also do. It's not me, that's the Bible. <laughs> but above all these things, it's like Daniel's saying, next level, 
put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. This is an awesome idea. This is the way of life. This is how we live. We forget sometimes what life is supposed to look like. And we buy into the dramas and even other people's dramas, and like, if you, as if you didn't have enough of your own, you know, behind everybody else's, give me a break. <laughs> Let the peace of God rule in your heart. What does that mean? That is, that is what is going to dominate my thoughts. Thoughts that are full of peace. How do we do that? Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God will rule your hearts. It's so clever, this book. It's just like, it agrees with itself. <laughs> the way we do it is we take the stuff to God, we talk about it to Him, we thank Him, <sighs> then we let peace rule in our hearts, which means we don't ruminate on all the drama. We don't ruminate on the offense. We don't meditate on all the stuff. We don't talk with each other continually about the drama. We bring it to God, we release it to Him, and we live in peace, which is the bond of perfection. It's nice to be around peaceful people, hey? I particularly appreciate it when I get worked up and Tom won't get worked up with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's like, I think I love him the most when that happens. Well, like, you could so totally right now react with me, against me for being reactionary and stressed, but instead you're just like, just go even more peaceful. He's so smart. He's so wise. But it helps me remember. Hang on, hang on. That's right. Wait a minute. That's right. <sighs> that's what life looks like. That's how I live. That's who we are. That's the gift of God. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you, husbands and fathers and wives and children who have learned not to react but to respond with even greater peace when there's drama. Blessed are the peacemakers. Hallelujah. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. This is my, this is my journal where I write down, I write down, when people send me encouraging messages, that goes into my journal. Because as I, open the book the next day, I look back over the week and I think, oh, thank you for that encouragement, God. I'm a words of affirmation person, so it means a lot to me. Like, um, Murray sent me a, a message, a text the other, other week, and I'm like, that's going straight to the journal. That's really encouraging. Or, uh, <laughs> so if, you, if, you've got, if you've got one of your encouragements in my journal, it's like, that is really big because that's a special place for me. 
But you know, it's a way for me to continue to be thankful. When the Lord speaks to me and he gives me scriptures, when I'm needing help, I go, help God, give me a word. And he speaks to me, he's like, Mwah. and I straighten to the journal. And I'm, as I look over it, I remember the kindness of God to me that week. Yeah, God, I needed that verse. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you so much for that. And I write down too the things that he's done. I remember when. We like to play the I remember when game. I remember when God did this. Because what it does is it springs up a hope and a well of thanks, thankfulness. What are you thankful for? Hey, I, I'm so grateful that I'm not afraid today of being arrested for preaching the gospel here in Australia. Thank you, God. I really appreciate that. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I've got two legs to stand on today. Hallelujah. And I'm doing it without any pain. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for your goodness. I'm so grateful, Jesus, that every time I come to you expecting you to rebuke me, you come and you love me. I'm so grateful for your unchanging nature. You are the most stable rock. You are unchanging and so kind to me. You are unfairly kind and I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus. What are you thankful for today? Thankfulness, thankfulness is the way of life for us as believers. You know, I, I want to give my life to learning what it looks like to glorify God. I want this to be the chief end, the chief aim of my life. What does it look like? This is my, my main desire and my sole purpose I want my life to glorify you, so I need your word to teach me. Show me your ways, teach me your paths, guide me in the way everlasting. Help me to apply today what I have been so abundantly given. He's laid a table before me in the presence of my enemies, which means I have no excuse when I'm surrounded by stuff. I can't say, I'm having a bad day, I'm allowed to be ungodly. <laughs> does away with the excuse. Uh, you only knew how stressed I was, you'd understand why I'm being like this. Yeah, no, doesn't work. Why? Because God's been to the extreme lengths of stress, to the point of sweating great drops of blood. And he bore it so I don't have to bear it. And he's given me the way to cast all my cares on him. And he's given me himself. I can step back in faith into the person of peace. And have peace that passes understanding. Peace that looks like the same peace Stephen had when he was being stoned to death. A peace that was so beautiful that his persecutors remarked, his face shone like that of an angel. Yes! This is available to me. This is available to you. Do you want to live like this? The Word of God is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. 
Yet we get so clever and puffed up with our opinions and our knowledge that we forget to actually apply the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of the word of God, that we might live lives that glorify God and enjoy him forever. Hallelujah. We'll keep reading. Nearly done. This is delicious too. Verse 16, you ready? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I was out with these leaders um, this week, late at night, um, after they finished a worship service. We actually walked down to the beach. And as I looked up at the stars, I was thinking, oh, it's so beautiful. And so immediately, the lady next to me from another nation, another leader, she said, oh, let's sing How Great Thou Art. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people with us all walking. And the Aussie in me goes, okay. <laughs> but then I began to realize, that's silly. Of course that's what we should be doing. Of course that's what we should be doing. Glorifying God, singing praises and hymns to him. Giving him glory because I'm having this worship moment of, wow, you are so great. So why should I... Be bound by cultural norms. Whatever you do, do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The singing is not just for the musical people. The Bible tells us in the Song of Songs, the, the bridegroom speaking to the bride, which is you and I, he says, your face is lovely and your voice is sweet. He considers your voice sweet to him. When you come and you begin to sing a song of praise, when you're in a place you really don't feel like it, you're obeying God, you're glorifying God who says, put off the garments of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. I've been singing all these old scripture and song songs recently. I mean, from what was instilled in me in Sunday school. Put off the garment, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. It's just scripture. That's why it sticks with me. Come on, I know there's a few more who knew that song. <laughs> Let me hang in there, I think. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's the word of Christ, and he wants it to dwell in us richly because it is instruction for us to live lives that glorify God and thereby bring us into the fulfillment of actually living out our purpose. This is all about my purpose. When I obey the word of God, I am living in the sweet spot. I'm living in the place of his perfect will. And it is a place of peace, joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Could everything you do, can you feel good about that being in the name of Jesus? Like I'm really serious about wanting my life to glorify God. So if I'm really serious about this, then every deed, everything I do, can I say I'm doing this in the name of Jesus? If I'm not, if my conscience goes, oh, I don't think I could watch that in the name of Jesus, I shouldn't be doing it. If, if I want my life to line up with the chief end of man, to glorify God, then if I can't do it in the name of Jesus, then I don't want to do it. Because it will shift me off the trajectory of my true purpose and bring me out of peace and into pain. I don't want to live outside of his perfect will. I, I want my life to glorify God. I want to glorify God and enjoy him forever, not as a side subject, but as the be all and end all, the chief end of man. Hallelujah. We have this basic, clear instruction, and we could say, yes, 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 yes. But when you actually start to bring it into application in your life, just take that. Today, tomorrow, everything I do, I'll do in the name of the Lord. Everything I do, whether in word or do, deed, I'll do all in the name of the Lord giving thanks to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That alone will be a plumb line for you. This isn't a legalistic, put the vices on you and stop you having fun. Real joy, real joy. I mean, I've been speaking even this week and I realize we're running late, so let's start handing out the communion if we can. Even this week, I've been exploring talking to people who've been megaly successful, like mega successful people, billionaires. But I've talked to them and, I've, and I've, I've talked to people who, you know, didn't come to Christ till they were like 38. One of them actually, I've, uh, we've been talking about having come and speak with us. He got saved at 38 because though he was ridiculously successful in the world's eyes, he was suicidal and alcoholic. 
And on the night that he was about to commit suicide, he cried out to God and said, help. And he had an encounter with God in his room. Hallelujah. So awesome. But you know, if, if money, fame, success, people's admiration, adoration, the pinnacle of everything you could do could bring you success, you wouldn't see celebrities suiciding. True joy is not found in self-indulgence. True joy is not found. It's not found in this, that, or the other thing. True joy is found in Jesus. Hallelujah. It really is. In the simplicity of, hey, this is what I'm, I'm gonna do. My life today is gonna glorify God, and I'm gonna enjoy him forever, and I'm gonna live as a believer in supernatural peace supernatural joy in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to just take communion together corporately today for the sake of time. Thank you for your patience today. Papa, we love you. We love you. As we get ready to take communion today, I want to give you an opportunity. Now, there's a, we can hear this message you can agree with it all. But there has to come a time where you make a choice to apply it. God, Jesus was slain for the sins of the whole world. He desires that no one would perish, but that everyone would have everlasting life. That everyone would receive him, the Savior. But he still gives us a freedom to choose because it's your life. He gave it to you. And you get to choose what you want to do with it. When you choose to humble yourself and receive the gift of grace, the gift of mercy, to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. He comes and he makes his home in you and he makes you at home in him and gives you eternal life. If that's you today and you say, I want to respond to the mercy of Christ, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand? I'd love to pray for you today. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. I want today to be the day where I make a conscious choice to say, Lord, I want you to be my Lord and I want to follow you. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's today. I want to make that commitment. Let me see your hand if that's you. Thank you, Papa. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.